Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. For many people, and quite possibly for you, these are the most challenging days you have ever experienced. There just seems to be a dark cloud over the world that many people can't explain. For a follower of Jesus, the question becomes, is the Bible sufficient for these times? In Luke chapter 24, Jesus has risen from the dead, but all his followers don't know it yet. Jesus comes upon two of his followers who had lost all hope, and Jesus asks them, what's the matter? Since they don't recognize him, they begin to tell Jesus about Jesus. Here's Pastor Jim for part one of his message, Hope Resurrected. Well, over the course of history, there have been constant battles about the Bible, about all kinds of different things. And right now, the battle seems to be over what we call the sufficiency of the Bible. That doesn't mean, is the Bible true? It means, is the Bible uh, sufficient for what we would call faith and practice, what the Apostle Peter said, life and godliness? I mean, can you take what we're gonna learn here today and do something with it tomorrow? Can you do something with it all throughout the week or is it just like kind of my Sunday thing? So people talk about, is the Bible sufficient? So why, why are you even talking about that, Jim? Well, because um, each year I start getting ready for Easter, normally in February, and I just keep asking God to, I read through the gospel accounts and I'm like, just give me something to really, you know, bring to the people. I don't wanna you know, keep doing the same thing every year. There's only so many passages. Interestingly enough, Friday night, God led me into the darkness, the dark three hours that Jesus was on the cross. And I'm like, okay. And this year, only one passage really stood out to me. Now, some of you are like, it's fine, Pastor Jim, just get on with it, let's go. Um, but to be honest, I'm probably the only one who remembers unless you are a Change by Love listener. Now, if you don't know what Change by Love is, shame on you. Uh, Change by Love is the radio show of this, of this congregation that we have now that goes out to 135 radio stations. Uh, my point is, I think God was challenging me on the sufficiency of the Bible. Like God was challenging me, uh, Jim, do you really believe what you tell people that the Bible is like a precious diamond that no matter how you turn it, you look at it and you're like, this is just absolutely beautiful. You see, you can, you can turn the Bible passages in a number of different ways and as long as you stick within the confines of the text, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing to behold. And so God challenges me on that. Is it good for life and godliness? We talked about the trauma that we had experienced during the COVID-19 pandemic and still do. We talked about the deaths that many of us had experienced. We talked about the illness that a lot of people had been through. Uh, also the political tensions and the racial tensions. We still have some of that stuff with us. The economy is uh, a mess. You're like, I didn't need to come to church to learn that, Pastor Jim. Uh, we have inflation, as you know, when you go to the gas tank or the checkout line at the, at the grocery store. Uh, people are quitting their jobs, and you ask them on the exit view why you're quitting. They're like, I don't really know. I don't really know. They're quitting their jobs. 
There are shortages of raw materials. A lot of you in manufacturing and stuff like that, you can't find the stuff that you want. I remember I, I ordered something that uh, we, we moved and we ordered something and it was ordered and installed within three weeks. We waited eight months for the delivery on it in our new house. Uh, there's shortages of goods and services. Uh, I don't really do stores too well. And my wife, she comes back and she goes, there's just definitely not as much stuff on the shelves at, at the supermarkets. And now the news, what? Everything is shaky right now, isn't it? And here's the thing. Life is still hard. Life was hard before all of this, and it's not like the difficulties of life took a vacation. It wasn't like, oh, well, we're going to go through all of this, and we'll make the, the trials and tribulations of life go away. No, life is still incredibly hard, and I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? Can I be honest with you? Here's the deal. Uh, as a husband and a father, uh, as a pastor, and some of you don't know, I'm a, I'm a business owner, um, it's harder now than it was a year ago. You, I thought if somebody told me, oh, people will be coming back to church and things will be a little bit more rolling, I thought, oh, things will be easier. But actually right now, it's harder. You say, why? Well, well people, even people of faith, are so confused right now. They're wondering, um, you know, all kinds of people. People with no faith, lots of faith, they're just confused, wondering, how do we move forward from here? Or they're asking themselves, what's next? They want things to go back to normal. Now, I'm still wondering what normal is, but, but even if you have a normal, do you really think things are going to go back to normal? Probably not. And I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen people less motivated in my life than I'm seeing now. I don't know that I've ever seen people more anxious than I see now. I don't know that I've ever seen people more overwhelmed than I see right now. And I don't know that I've ever seen people overall more sad than they are and discouraged than they are right now. So the challenge is, is the word of God sufficient for every season of life? That is the challenge that God gave me. I mean, certainly the season has changed for all of us. But we are not the first and so the title of our message today is Hope Resurrected. Hope Resurrected. So let's set the scene. Jesus has died on the cross and he's rose from the dead, but not everybody knows it. Do you know that's still the, the, the scene today? I'm beginning to feel like, you know, as, as a preacher, I, I always want to get people to the cross. It's sort of the thing that I do on Sundays. And I'm starting to think that I need to even explain that to certain people, because I've had people come out after a Sunday and go, uh, can I talk to you during the week so you can explain to me this cross stuff? Because I really don't know that much about it because we're coming up with a generation that really wasn't raised on it. I know if you're church people, you know this stuff, but other people don't know that Jesus 
Christ died on a cross. That's what Easter is all about. And so the passage we just read, we'll just read those verses and then we'll continue. Luke 24, 13 says this. Now behold, two of them. We're gonna get one name later, but let's, let's just be very clear. These are not the big shots of the Christian faith. We'll see that later. Two of them were traveling that same day, that first Easter, uh, to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. It was the Passover season. Jerusalem was packed. Maybe they were staying there in Emmaus. Maybe that's where they were from. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. You know, Jesus coming in, the people were all excited uh, the previous Sunday. And then a week later, on Friday, they crucify him. And they're like, just what a crazy, crazy week. Verse 15, so it was while they conversed and reasoned. So you know how you're walking, you're talking with people, you're trying to figure all this stuff. Well, I think this and I think that and I think this. And then some guy gets on the news and tells you something different. And then another expert gets on and he's got a completely different opinion. That's what's going on. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So imagine that you're, you're trying to figure it out. And all of a sudden this dude walks up next to you. And it's Jesus. Now, they're not going to know who it is. Look at the next verse. But their eyes were restrained. And uh, in Bible terms or Bible geeks, we call that a, a divine imperative. It means, uh, it means that sort of like God was not letting them realize it was Jesus at first. It says, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation, this is Jesus talking, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Another version says, why are you two so gloomy? Another version says, why are you guys so discouraged? Like I walked up behind you and listening to you talk, it's so obvious something is wrong with you guys. So once again, it's, it's the first, it's Sunday, it's the first Easter. I prefer to call it uh, Resurrection Day. I like Resurrection Day better. Why? I think Easter was kind of hijacked by the Easter bunny. How many of you think that Easter was kind of, yeah, I call him the Santa Claus of the spring. And, you know, he, he just, he just, he just kind of stole the whole show. And, you know, now I have a grandson and, you know, he's going to pig out on candy today. And, you know, that, that's the way that goes. So we have these two unnamed followers of Jesus. Uh, they're walking. We don't know whether they're going home or to where they're staying. And, and Jesus shows up, but I like the fact that they're unnamed. They remind me, in a sense, if you're a Bible geek or you know anything about the Bible, there's this woman in John chapter four. We call her the Samaritan woman. She's like a major Bible character, but we don't get her name. And it reminds me that Jesus just loves regular people. Like, you don't have to be any kind of a superstar. You don't got to be any kind of anything. For He just loves regular kind of people. Uh, Jesus is not impressed with the rich and the famous. He loves the rich and the famous, but he's not impressed with the rich and the famous. And so Jesus is uh, the, the savior of everyone who he considers, even rich and famous people, to be the common man and woman. He is the savior of people who are on their way to heaven. So uh, Jesus, uh, just as he was in the past, you see it throughout his life. If you're not familiar with the, uh, the Gospels, there's four of them, okay? Uh, Manny, Moe, and Jack. No, that's the Pep Boys. Uh, <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You can read the life of Jesus, and Jesus is happy 
to talk with people. Jesus was happy to go for a walk with people. So why don't you just like tomorrow morning, you get up, you go for a walk, or you get in your car, just take Jesus with you. Go, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Don't worry, he'll be, he won't be late. You'll be the one who's late. And, and so just uh, let's go. He's, even when you can't see him, even, he'll even go with you when you're sad. He'll even go with you when you're discouraged. So they're sad um, for the same reason that many of you are sad and discouraged right now. And you're like, well, no, no, they're, 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 they're discouraged for a different reason than me. No, they are discouraged for the exact same reason why you are discouraged, and what's that? Because life has not turned out as you have expected. And that's a big disappointment for all of us, isn't it? We have certain expectations of the way things should be. We wanna live in a perfect world everything is great and wonderful and we're happy. And if you're older, you know that's a SpongeBob thing. Right? Right? You want to live in that world, but that's not, the, that's not this world. That's the, that's the next world. And the crashing of hopes and dreams has put them into a position like many are today. They have lost their hope. And that is exactly the way so many people feel today but it wasn't always that way. I mean, they had been following Jesus, presumably, for a long time. Many people in Israel expected that Jesus was to be what? They were under Roman occupation, and what was Jesus gonna do? Remember what we say around here? He was gonna punt the Romans back to Rome across the Mediterranean. They were hoping that Jesus was going to be that kind of a savior, but thinking that Jesus was now dead, being you know, killed on the cross, the bright sunshine of hope was now the darkness of despair. And I bet a lot of you can relate to that. I bet a lot of you can. As a pastor, I, I see it in so many people. I don't point it out to people, but I see it in a lot of you. And I don't stand here in judgment on you. I have, to, I have to fight it off myself. People once excited about Jesus and full of hope, now they're not so sure. And actually, some are even walking away from Jesus, and they don't even see it. Some of them are walking away from Jesus in the fact that they haven't walked back in the doors of the church again. Some understand the health reasons. Others are fine. They just haven't walked back in. And, and others, they're walking away from Jesus and they're sitting right here. And they don't even realize that it is in fact happening. In our language, these two were in what we would call the, the depths of depression. They're sad. They're discouraged. They're gloomy. And let's be honest. They felt left down by God, let down by God. You ever feel that way? If you don't, you're a liar. Because all of us sometimes feel let down by God. They felt, you know, let down by their faith. Often, as a pastor, you encounter people who are let down by the church because they have ideas of the church that really is not the church's role. We can teach you the Bible. We can help you with that, but we, we, can't, we can't 
make your faith just skyrocket. You're going to have to do things for yourself, too. There's a personal responsibility in that end. Yet Jesus sees what they're going through, and he comes alongside them. And he is willing to come alongside you today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. He is willing to come alongside you as long as it's going to take. He's willing to come alongside of me as long as it takes, even when we lack faith, even when we feel that he has completely left us and that we are completely alone. I mean, let's be honest. Many of us will admit that the the joy of the Lord is a struggle. Many of us do, in fact, feel hopeless. And sadly, that seems to be our new normal. But Jesus comes to them in a resurrected body to bring hope to them that there is another world that those who put their trust in him are destined for, and it won't be like this one. And while that might not fix all of your problems today, it certainly makes today more tolerable. For them, when Jesus was alive and and things were going fairly well, uh, the future looked bright, and they were glad. But now it seems with these guys, not only had Jesus died on the cross, but Jesus had died in their hearts. Like he, he was gone. And they were wondering, was it all real? And here's a thing that I've noticed that, that I try to, to make it a regular habit to what I call stand in the wonder of Jesus. But sometimes sadness can overtake the wonder, can it? Sometimes sadness can be very, very hard to to deal with. This is where they are. If you are a follower of Jesus, please remember, you never walk alone. You never drive alone. You never go to the store alone. You never go to work alone. You never do the laundry alone. You never go to school alone. You never go anywhere alone. What you need to do is to look with different eyes, and that's their problem. They've got the wrong eyes going. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, then you're still awake. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Glad that you're here. Let me ask you this question. Are you willing to just, for a little bit of time today, are you willing to open your eyes? Are you willing to to take a chance on life? Are you willing to open your eyes to see if maybe that you can see Jesus Are you willing to open your heart to the fact that the most famous man who ever lived is famous because of the fact that he rose from the dead?
Now, the evidence is so overwhelmingly compelling, but it's not going to do you any good if you don't open your eyes. In the midst of the confusion of these days that we live in, are you willing to open your ears to this, in this place today to hear Jesus speak to you? You see, the problem is not the evidence. The problem is our minds, for some of us, are already made up. And we're unwilling to hear. We're unwilling to listen. And you combine that with all the bad info that's out there, and you have people going like, well, no wonder I can't believe any of that stuff. Verse 18, then the one whose name was Cleopas. I would not name my kids Cleopas. <laughs> if you have already, don't worry about it. We love it. We love little Cleopas. <laughs> so we have no idea who the other was. God only knows what the other one's name was. Could be Mrs. Cleopas. Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, so he says this to Jesus. When people talk to Jesus in the Bible, you should always give note. It's always like insert foot in mouth, right? And say something dumb, except for Peter at one point in time. He, but he just, and then Peter, and then, and then even when he's all like, yeah, I finally got it right. You know, you're the Christ. Jesus is like, yeah, but my heavenly father told you that. You didn't come up with that one on your own. So, um, so Cleopas says to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem and you have not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, this is one of the funniest things, Jesus. Jesus got a total sense of humor. If you don't think Jesus has a sense of humor, you don't really, you're not really listening too carefully. Jesus goes to them, hmm, what things? <laughs> the whole city's upside down because they crucified this guy who was supposed to be the savior. And they're walking away from the city and they're like, you know, all sad, talking about this thing, you know, the ins and outs. And Jesus is like, what are you talking about? And, he's, and, and he goes, you know, what happened in Jerusalem? You're walking from there. And he's like, what things? They must have been thinking like, oh, this guy must have been trashed the whole time. He was drunk or something like that. But what's Jesus really doing? What's Jesus doing to all of us when he asks us what things? He's seeing where we are spiritually. That's what he's doing. He is seeing where these guys are spiritually. So they said to him the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. Verse 20, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. So what happened? The dream was gone. Verse 21, here it is. Here's really what we're here to talk about. But we were hoping that he was who was going to redeem or set free, some versions say, Israel. There it is, right there. We are so disappointed. We were so excited. We were on cloud nine with what was going to happen. And it crashed and it burned. The biggest disappointment we could imagine in our lives. 
We were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women have said, but him they did not see. So what's the intel? The tomb is empty, but there's no body. So this is what they know to this point. There's no body. Does that mean Jesus rose from the dead? Well, he told them he'd rise from the dead, but it could also mean that somebody took the body away. So that's all they know. Where is the body? Now, let's realize how different Jesus is than us, okay? Um, If that was us, we were walking up to our sad friends, we wouldn't quiz them, would we? We'd be going, ta-da, it's me! (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm here! Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus is testing where they are spiritually, but he's also letting us see human spiritual blindness from God's point of view. Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message. In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.